4: by visiting musicgives.org.
2: A man who needs no introduction.
3: The Black Information Network is committed to bringing you up-to-date news stories that are relevant, informative, and inspiring. And while news stories are always being updated and others are breaking, we understand that you need to be in the know all week long. Welcome to your midweek memo on the Black Information Network daily podcast with me, your host, Ramses Job. All right, let's start off with some political news. This comes from USA Today, uh, Joe Biden. (laughs) Apparently a new poll has come out and it turns out he's losing crucial support in some key demographics. Now, if you're like me, you already know a bit about this, but if not, I will share a bit again from USA Today. Biden now claims the support of just 63% of black voters a decline from the 87% he carried in 2020. Donald Trump leads among Hispanic voters. Biden trails among Hispanic voters by five percentage points, 39% to 34%. In 2020, he had swamped Trump among that demographic group, two to one, 65% to 32%. Biden struggles with young voters. Among voters under 35, a generation largely at odds with the GOP on issues such as abortion access and climate change. Trump now leads 37% to 33%. Younger voters overwhelmingly backed Biden in 2020. What does this mean for 2024? This grim outlook for Biden has left him narrowly following Trump, a longtime Republican frontrunner, 39% to 37%, according to the USA Today slash Suffolk University poll. 17% support an unnamed third party candidate. The possible good news for the president is that much of the support he needs to rebuild has drifted to third-party candidates, not into the camp of his likely opponent. 20% of Hispanic and Black voters and 21% of young voters now say they'll back someone other than the two main contenders. So, again, for those in the know, uh, you recognize that that Biden has been having a tough go at retaining... Well, let's say establishing (laughs) and retaining excitement around his presidency Um, for a lot of young people in particular, Biden was not their first choice or their second choice or their third choice. Biden was the Democratic nominee and therefore the de facto choice for anyone who had espoused more liberal views. And. I think that that's really what put him over the top. And since then, he hasn't really done anything to appeal to that group. And I think that what you end up with is a president who has not really tailored his messaging, his accomplishments uh, correctly to penetrate that group or indeed any group. So it's just kind of a blah presidency. Um. To be fair, you know he has done the job. He's done some noteworthy things as president, but um, a far cry from what folks were expecting when he garnered the support of the former Sanders uh, supporters and you know the 2016 Hillary supporters. Everyone had to get behind one guy, and so he made his promises. But you know, here we are with a person who again has done something, but hasn't really done a great job of communicating what he's done. And then where he's fallen short, it has really been upsetting for a lot of people. There are a lot of folks looking forward to student loan forgiveness. And of course that's still in the works. I'll put it kindly. Um, Not enough can be said about the Israel Hamas war. Uh, younger people. Opposed the United States and Israel's position in that conflict overwhelmingly so and to younger folks who have had to look on their TikToks and their Instagrams and seen blown up children and body parts and all the horrors that come with the war because they are on those platforms um to know that the United States is sending money and weapons and Israel is just all gas, no brakes and obliterating the uh, Hamas effort and the collateral damage um, is something that, you know, a lot of folks are excusing as just kind of a part of the war. Um, there are people who are younger that really feel like that is inhumane and as a result they have found themselves at odds with this current administration so um, again the good news is that a lot of those folks have drifted to third party candidates and they are not likely to win the democratic nomination and so it's not unlikely that a good number of those folks will be back But I think that what this shows is that there are some people who would just not participate in the political process this round because for them, it's hard to vote for a candidate that isn't doing anything for them. And it's also hard to vote for a candidate who will actively be working against them. And that's where a lot of people find themselves. And for a long time in this country, we have had the um, understanding that by voting for the lesser of two evils, it moves the narrative forward things get less evil over time as a result of that effort but um i think that for a lot of folks that final straw was seeing the uh the horrors of the israel hamas war because again voting for <laughs> an administration that actively supports the things that the horrors that they're seeing feels perhaps inconsistent with their morals And of course, voting for the GOP candidate feels inconsistent with their morals. And so it's not a matter of the left sort of two evils as much as it is uh, not willing to engage in a process where people will suffer. So um, we'll see what happens with this, but that's the latest in uh, political news. Moving on, as you may know, uh, Harvard president Claudine Gay resigns after mounting plagiarism accusations. She faced backlash over the university's response to anti-Semitism on campus, which led to increased scrutiny of her academics and her academic record. And so um, I've already done an episode on this. I invite you to check it out because we did a much deeper dive on this. And for those that saw that, I don't want to repeat it. But uh, if you want to know more about this story, please check it out. But one update I feel is important to mention is from the Instagram page of Ibram X. Kendi, and uh, I think this is a quote from AP News, if I got that right, but I, I feel it's worth sharing. It says, the plagiarism allegations came not from her academic peers, but her political foes led by conservatives who sought to oust Gay and put her career under intense scrutiny in hopes of finding a fatal flaw. Um, so again, what they did find And my understanding was from decades ago. And uh, so far, what has been reported that I've come across has suggested that it's not plagiarism per se, but it is uh, more along the lines of a failure to accurately cite, you know, source material. um, And those aren't necessarily the same thing.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BIN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N.
4: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
3: This is your midweek memo on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast with me, your host, Ramses Ja. All right, uh, this next story comes from ABC News. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department released body camera footage on Friday. The deputy involved shooting of a 27-year-old woman after they entered her home, responding to a domestic violence call that she made. Um, so it's been the first part of this week that this has actually been making headlines. Of course, it made its way to me uh, yesterday, we'll say. Um, Miani Finlayson, was allegedly shot and killed in her home in Lancaster, California, after an officer fired four shots at her on December 4th, the LASD said. She called the police because she claimed that her boyfriend would not leave her alone, according to an LASD statement. Quote, it's, it's so unfair that we have to live our lives without Niani, Tracy Hall, Finian, Finlinson, Finlayson's mother, told ABC News. She goes on to say, that was my best friend, I'm going to miss her so much. I miss her already. Um, In short, uh, and I've seen this video, and it's it's very likely that Q and I will talk about this on uh, our radio show, Civic Cipher. So please tune in for that or uh, tap in with us at civiccypher.com or on our social media. But in short, uh, this woman and her boyfriend were arguing at their home And she alleged that the boyfriend had pushed her daughter. And uh, so she grabbed a knife to protect her daughter. And her boyfriend would not leave. And so the daughter called the police, or maybe she called the police. I I forget that detail. But in any event, um, it was reported to the police where they were. The police ended up coming over. Apparently, the boyfriend felt like he was justified in staying there because he certainly stuck around. Um, maybe he was going to plead his case. He felt right or justified. Who knows? But, um, when the police got there, she was still holding the knife. And, uh, she said that uh, she was going to stab him because he had pushed her daughter. And the daughter kind of confirmed this as, you know, this is what the body camera footage shows as the police walk into the house. Um, and then the woman holding the knife returns to the opposite side of the room. She's clearly agitated and the man is kind of sitting or crouched in the corner on the on the other side of the room. And um, the woman is kind of communicating with the police, uh, saying, um, you know, kind of explaining what had happened. And she kind of takes a step toward the man. In my estimation, it didn't look like she intended to. Be aggressive she wasn't she, she she had a hand kind of like reached out maybe pointing or something like this or just kind of making her case you know people talk with their hands but uh, i don't remember that being the hand with the knife in it so the knife wasn't drawn like a, she was going to attack him it was just kind of she was um saying her piece and then uh one of the officers who originally asked for a taser in the body cam footage dropped the taser, pulled out a gun and shot her four times in the corner. None of the other officers shot. This is the only guy that shot her. And the reason why this is interesting is because this same officer uh, shot and killed a black man. I believe it was in 2020 um, and uh, came under scrutiny for that as well. And so this is a story that, of course, we're going to pay attention to um, because in my estimation... What we have is a trigger-happy officer who was able to keep his job and end another life needlessly. Uh, That of a woman who called them for help.
4: She was holding the knife so that she could protect her home and her daughter. And uh,
3: that doesn't seem fair. So it's these stories that I feel like uh, we need to pay particular attention to, and so we will. Um, and we will move on, finally, to entertainment news. Um, this one comes from TMZ. T.I. and his wife, Tiny Harris, are accused of drugging a woman they met in a nightclub and then taking her to their hotel for a threesome. According to the lawsuit, the woman's now filed against the couple. Now, if you're like me and You follow hip-hop news, you know that T.I. and Tiny are in the news quite often for a number of reasons. Uh, Some reasons look and sound similar to this one, but uh, for better or worse, they are back in the news. I will share a bit with you on this one. Uh, The plaintiff who's filed as a Jane Doe says she was enlisted in the U.S. Air Force and stationed in L.A. in or around 2005 when she and a friend went to a party at coolio's home Um, i'm going to spare you a lot of the details here because my hope is that this (laughs) can be a daytime show but uh, the story goes on on tmz and you know she details sort of what happened how they ended up in a hotel and everything that was done to her that she remembers um but you know the, the, the result is that she's suing the Harrises for sexual battery assault, negligence, and false imprisonment. Uh, the plaintiff says she's filing the suit now due to California sexual abuse and cover-up of Accountability Act, which opened a year-long window for the revival of claims where the statute of limitations would have otherwise run. Uh, a lawyer for T.I. and Tiny tells TMZ, quote, not only are the claims bogus, but they missed the deadline to file the lawsuit. And this, the latest from TI's camp, uh, the Harrises told TMZ, quote, on the heels of positivity, negativity always rears its ugly head. This plaintiff has been threatening to file this lawsuit for three years. For three years, we have emphatically and categorically denied these allegations. For three years, we have maintained our innocence and refused to pay these extortionate demands for things we didn't do. For three years, we've maintained the same position while the claims in this story have changed time and time again. Our position is clear. We are innocent of these fake claims. We will not be shaken down, and we look forward to our day in court. So, um, just uh, a little bit more trouble over there. Um, you may recall that uh, T.I. and his son made their way into the news um, in recent months due to an argument that took place over social media. And um, as I mentioned, you know, stories like these have come out of that camp a few times over the years. And so um, as always, uh, we're going to hope that justice is served. You know, if, if these claims are false, that um, they're proven false. And if these claims are true, that, um, you know, everyone responsible is held accountable, but for now, that is the news. For your midweek memo, don't forget these and other stories can be found at BINnews.com. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses jaw on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice